flex your faith. Now, right now, what I want you to do, wherever you're watching this, is to flex. Now, some of you, you're flexing your muscles. Uh, but I'm not talking about that type of flex. Uh, as believers, I believe we're called to flex our faith. We're, we're called to show off our faith. Our faith is something not to, uh, that's not meant to be hidden. It's meant to be on display. And if the world right now needs anything, it needs a group of believers whose faith is on display. Now, now many people say, well, what is faith? I'm glad you asked. Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. So, so faith, faith has substance and it has evidence. Right now, I believe this world is looking for a group of people who have substance to their words, substance to their hope, and they have evidence of this unseen reality that you and I know intrinsically within. God's called you and I, I believe in this time, to, to actually lead, to, to point the way so that other people can enter into the joy that you and I know through a relationship with God. Here's the good news about God, is God is not forceful. Yeah, He's a force, but He's not like your controlling, domineering, manipulative friend or family member. If anybody could be forceful, though, it would be God. You know, God could make you do stuff that you don't want to do, but, but he, he doesn't. It's not in His nature. In fact, God relinquished His power so that you and I can live with choice. That's good news. You know, Jesus, Harry Kane, He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. Uh, what, what did Jesus do? He, he removed the power differential between, between an omnipotent, almighty, powerful God so that you and I can relate with Him, but we relate with Him on the basis of our choice. See, a relationship without choice is not a relationship. You, know, you can't say to your spouse, you will love me. You know, it's just like God doesn't say, you will worship me. You know, and to flex in the kingdom, uh, when it comes to flexing, to showing off our faith, I believe it comes from our willingness. It comes from our connection. Because after all, God doesn't rule through rules. He rules through relationship. Today, I, I want to pick out one beatitude from Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And Jesus said this, he said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. I want to suggest to you, you're at your peak when you're meek. Now, many people think meekness is weakness, and they don't really understand what it means. But meekness is simply power under control. See, many people today are trying to flex or wield political power, physical strength, prestige, and status to gain influence. But I believe God wants to give us influence, not, not through those means, but through being meek. Because after all, you know, if you have to wield political power or you have to you know, force somebody to do something with your physical strength, that, that influence is short-lived and in the end won't bring about the results that, that you and I desire. See, true strength actually comes from trust our ability to trust. 
And God wants you and I to enter into a relationship where, where we trust that He is in control. I, I suggest to you today that some of the strongest people that have ever lived were meek. In fact, Moses, he, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, he says of himself, because he wrote Numbers, the man named Moses was very meek above all men which were on the face of the earth. Now, Moses did great things, but he was meek. He had, he had a power, but he but it was in control. Uh, David in the Bible, I, I love David. He was a worshiper and a warrior. Uh, he got uh, many attacks against him. In fact, Saul, who was the king before he was king, threatened to take his life on many occasions. And there was a couple of instances where he could have got revenge. He could have executed Saul. He, he could have killed him. He, he had the opportunity. He was standing over him. But David understood that he was not to touch God's anointed. And he, he understood that there was a higher principle in operation. So many people today, you know, uh, look for revenge. And, you know, I know uh, in the world right now, there's, they're, they're saying we need justice. And yes, we do need justice. But how we go about getting it is really important. You know, Joseph in the Bible Take Joseph, he was wrong many times, sold into slavery, falsely accused, forgotten about. But, but Joseph was meek because in all those situations, he was able to maintain a good attitude. Now, if we really want to know what meekness is, we're going to look at Jesus. And I love the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, come to me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden. I believe there's a lot of people who are under stuff right now. You know, they're heavy laden. But here's the words of Jesus. He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. Listen to this. God is gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, see, one thing I found, gentleness requires patience and strength. And that's how Jesus revealed God to the world, through gentleness. Now, if you're carrying something heavy, you know, often growing up, we're required to move stuff, being involved in church, we're often lifting heavy things and moving it around. And when you're moving it around and you get to your destination, if it's really heavy, yeah, yeah, sometimes you don't just put it down gently. <laughs> you drop it. And, and if it's really heavy, sometimes in the dropping of it, you jam your finger. And as a result of that, choice words may have come out. But meekness, get this, meekness is power under control. And so even when you've got something heavy, you've got power because you can put it down gently. You know, it's not like you, you slam the door. <laughs> It takes power to actually do it gently. And I believe, you know, you and I are called to live with this spirit of meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they shall what? They shall inherit the earth. And what meekness is, meekness is a, a disposition of trust towards God. Saying, God, you're in control no matter what's going on around me. It's a, dis a disposition that, that doesn't resist or doesn't dispute. You know, too many people today, you know, how they go about things is like they, they do it out of rage and they do it out of, out of, of this fury. 
And God does want to bring justice in the world, but the way he goes about doing it is through a people who understand his power and with meekness, strength. You get strength, but you can direct that strength. It's a little bit like in a game. You know, in a game of rugby, we need aggression. Aggression is really important, but, but you don't want a hot head on your team. Because in, in the end, a hot head will just give away a whole lot of penalties, and you'll lose the game. You may think you're winning, but you're actually losing uh, because that, that aggression is not towards something. And I believe, yeah, we need to be passionate. Yeah, yeah, we need to show passion, but, but, but we need to make sure it's channeled in the right way. I don't know about you, but there's times where each and every one of us can be touchy and a little bit oversensitive. But I found our biggest mistakes, well, my biggest mistakes have come when, when I react and I retaliate to somebody else's actions. Uh, growing up with siblings who are born a year apart. Uh, your siblings, if you've got siblings, you know, they know how to push your button. They, they know how to wind you up. They know how, how to get you angry. And, and for some people, that, they've got too many buttons. It's like, it's just boom, no, ah, fit of rage over here. You know, and, 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 you know, you just need to do one thing to set them off. I pray as believers would have rule over our own spirits. We know how to control our spirits. Yeah, God does want to bring justice in the world. And he, and he wants to use us to do it. But we've got to be in the right space where we bring that, that power into a place where it actually fulfills his purpose. See, God's given you and I authority and I like that word authority because within it, it has the word author. And when you have authority, you have the ability to author your world. Now, now uh, the thing about meekness is, meekness is counterintuitive to the flesh. But you've got to get this, it's the key to inheriting the earth. And I just want to quickly give you four ways where meekness is on display or four ways in which you and I can flex our faith. So you ready for this? In every location, you know, give me a, a yell, a clap. What, you know, come on, are you ready? Right now, to flex our faith, number one is you need to owe nothing or you need to remove obligation. It goes without saying you're in a position of strength when you don't owe anything, when you're debt-free. How many would like to be debt-free? That, that would be awesome. Uh, Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, listen to this, it says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. So the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, now many of us understand this from a monetary point of view, you know, from a, a bank account point of view. Uh, a lot of people have mortgages if they own a house. And, and in fact, that word mortgage comes from two words, mort, which actually is where we get mortuary from, engage, which means grip. So what, what's a mortgage? A mortgage is really just a death grip. And some of you are going, oh no. And some of you are going, well, is God against debt? Not necessarily. But God is against anything that has the power to make decisions for you. And some people today, they're in so much debt that they don't have the power to choose. Now, now in the world today, uh, we live in a world where it's tit for tat. You, know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. 
you know, if somebody's done you a favor, or if, if, if somebody's done you a favor, sometimes it's like you feel like you've got to return the favor. It's like they didn't do it for nothing. And the question we need to ask is, is, is who are the people we expect the most from in life? I would suggest the people we expect the most from falls into two categories. Number one, the people we have done the most for. After all, we didn't do it for anything. Come on, I did that for you. You can at least reciprocate. And the second group is, is the people who have done the most for us because we assume they've done it for us once, they'll keep on doing it. It's like kids. Now, I'm sure many have got kids at home. They, they don't ask for food. They just inform me, my kids at least, just inform me that they're hungry because they, they expect to be fed. They, they assume those expectations will be met. Uh, but the problem with those expectations is with all of them on us, we can live our life in this place of obligation. We were doing it because we feel like we owe this person, we owe God, we owe other people. God doesn't want you to live that way. Many people today do stuff not because they want to, they do it because they feel like they have to, they're obliged to. One thing I found about meekness is, meekness is the strength, get this, it's the strength not to have to, but it's also the power that makes you want to. Sounds a little bit strange, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I'll, I'll say that again. Uh, meekness is the, the strength not to have to. It, you have the strength to say no. But it's also the power that actually makes you want to do this. It, it, it gives you the energy and the life. It gives you the, the, the ability. Another way of saying it, it gives you the ability to discern the why behind the what. See, when you're fulfilling the, the what's without understanding the why, that's obligation, that's religion. You know, and many people today, you know, we, we judge you know, others on what they do without understanding their why. In fact, you know, right now with, with what's happening in America, I, I believe you know, what we need to do is we need to get understanding. And there, there's a group of people who have been marginalized. And yes, black lives do matter. And we need to understand where they're coming from because they're crying out. And, and we do need to hear. And, and understanding is, is something that you and I need to live with. But so often we, we, we look at what they're doing without understanding why they're doing it. And, and I, I challenge to say, strength comes from knowing the why. Now, we've got to get understanding when it comes to you know, the people in our world. One thing I want to say, our greatest protest, our greatest stand against racism, racism is evil. Our greatest stand is actually building a church that crosses over cultural boundaries. One thing I'm proud, of, if there's one thing I'm proud about in Equipus Church is we're a church of many different cultures. People from different backgrounds, who in the natural may never have got together. But, but it's like under the banner of Jesus, we've been able to cross over boundary lines and we've come to a place where there, there's an understanding. I think that's exciting. In fact, I, I believe that represents the kingdom of God. Sadly, in some places, Christians, they just still connect with people who are like them, who look like them, who are from the same background as them, and they just live in that. They want a, a safe, comfortable church. I love the fact that Equipus Church is not a safe, comfortable church. 
I love that, that, that even where you're sitting right now, there's people who don't look like you, don't have the same experience as you, but they come to, uh, you've, uh, God's brought you together by His grace, and, and you're, you've got a richness in your life because you've got people around you who are different to you. You know, uh, that's the rich way. Uh, but, but strength comes from knowing the why. The why. You know, don't criticize my what until you know my why. Now, now, every Sunday, I'm up here trying to make a case for Christ, to live for Jesus, to follow Him, to read the Word of God that, that's to you and for you. I'm encouraging you to get involved in this thing called church. But, but I've decided a long time ago that I didn't want to lead a church where people were coming because they had to. Well, they only serve because they had to. I'll do it because I have to. You know, if my wife asked me to do the dishes and I was like, oh, I'll do it because I have to. How many know that's not going to strengthen our relationship? You know, I don't want people to love God because they're like, they're t- they feel like they're told to love God. You know, love people, be nice, smile. Come on, put a smile on your face. You know, that's something we don't want in this church. I want to lead a church that's not governed by obligation, but by faith and conviction. Because that's where the Spirit of God is. And ultimately, it's the Spirit of God that changes a person's life, not our activity. See, activity that flows from a heart of conviction has power. And more importantly, it has spiritual authority to break things open. I like what Paul said in Romans. Listen to this. He says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now, I'm glad. At Equipus Church, many people serve. They go to great lengths to, to make church happen. And, and sometimes I'd say, yeah, man, thank you for doing this. And they'd say, well, I appreciate your thanks, but I'm not doing it because you asked me to. I'm doing this because I've got a revelation of what God's done for me. And this is something little. And it's a joy to serve God. You know, one thing that's never nice as a pastor is, is when somebody leaves church. In fact, I hate it. I often you know, go through questions in my mind. Do we do all we could? You know, do we miss it? Could we have done better? And sometimes you know, I feel like the victim. After all, you know, I look, man, the church has done all this. It's gone to great lengths. Yeah, and I'll go, oh, stuff them. They can take their bad self-serving attitude somewhere else. And then I think, well, who's the one with the issue here? <laughs> Maybe it's me. But one thing I found is freeing to know that when it comes to church and the mission of God and bringing change into this world, I can't do it. I can't make this church grow. Yeah, I believe God is using events right now to provoke some things, but it's only Jesus who can change the heart of humanity. Yeah, yeah, as Paul said, I, I, I can plant, another can water, but ultimately it's God who gives the increase. It's God who brings about the transformation. When it comes to seeing the kingdom extended and, and, and seeing the church built, yeah, unless the Lord builds a house, as someone 27 says, we labor in vain. Right now, if you want to flex your faith, 
It's, it simply comes from putting your trust in God. It's not through an activity, but, it, but, but it's been active and, and saying, I'm going to trust you, God, in the middle of this. See, one thing, we've got to remove the pressure from ourselves to prove God. Creation in itself proves that God's real. But you and I are called to demonstrate the kingdom. You know, proof, proof that God is, exists, you're not going to do it through a social media post. You're not going to do it through an opinion. You're not going to do it because you know an expert. I believe if we're to flex during this time, we need to give example and demonstration to our belief. Solomon in the Bible, he built the temple and it was amazing. In fact, the Queen of Sheba heard about it. Heard it was so amazing, she wanted to come visit. She came and visited and she said, wow, this is amazing. And it was even so, so much more than what I was told about. Now, when it comes to a lot of people's social media, it's like, you know, real life is, is actually a little bit less than what they see on media. I, I believe as Christians, you know, we don't need to overstate God's goodness. In fact, we can't overstate God's goodness. When people come to God, they'll find He's so much more than anything, any promotion that we can give Him. You know, but so often what we're doing when it comes to our actions is we overstate our actions. But I believe what we need to do is we need to do it, let our example and our demonstration do the talking. Uh, we, yeah, we need to talk. Words are important, but we need to make sure that, that we're flexing our faith with actually living up to the words that we're declaring. You know, it's one thing to put it on uh, something on a social media page. It's another thing to live in the daily reality of it. Come on, you want to flex your faith? Now, own nobody anything. Number two, the, the second thing you need to do is you, you need to be able to operate in the opposite spirit. See, what meekness is, is, is curbing your natural desires to rebel and fight and have your own way, and, or even to push yourself forward. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. Get this. They, they are opposite. They're not, not just slightly different. They are opposite. These two forces, he goes on and says, are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Now, the way that we actually break through is we go in the opposite spirit. You know, if somebody hits me, I don't hit them back. If somebody hits me, I turn the other cheek. That, that's what Jesus said. If somebody takes your, your jacket, you give them, you know, something else as well. And, and it's the opposite spirit that actually brings the kingdom of God in, into different spaces. But so often we're fighting fire with fire. It's tit for tat. As you did this to me, I'm going to do this to you. But I love the fact that Jesus, when he came, he came at the level of humanity. He didn't put himself above people. He came down and he met with him. Now, he had every right to, 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 to exert power, but he met us where we are. 
And he did it so that, 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 that we might relate with him. And, 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 and so often, you know, at a human level, we're just doing tit for tat. But, but, but a heavenly level is when we can do, do, do good for evil, where we can do good for nothing. That, that's the opposite spirit of this world. Uh, this world says, well, if you do good to me, I'll do, uh, I'll do good to you. If you do evil to me, I'll do evil to you. But, but, but the heavenly way is, no, we're meant to do good for evil. We're meant to do good for nothing. Are you able to op- operate in the opposite spirit? Number three, the, the, the third way is we're to flex our, our faith is we've got to own our mistake. See, I found a meek person has a right estimate of themselves. Meekness requires vulnerability. You have to be strong to be vulnerable. I know many people, and we've had feedback from the Mother's Day service where where our family have opened up our journey. I found people aren't attracted to your ideas. They aren't attracted to your knowledge. But your testimony has power. And if you can open up your testimony, if you can share how you found God in your weakness and in your vulnerability, I believe it's there your your faith is on display. But so often we're wanting to show people something different to what's actually going on. And, and, And true strength doesn't try and hide their mistakes. That's what Adam and Eve tried to do in the garden. They tried to cover themselves. But true strength, I'll get that out. True strength is able to open up their mistakes and is able to testify to the goodness of God. Number four, the, the fourth way that we're to flex our faith is just simply by opening up. Opening up, talking. Talking's good. But as a people, we need to learn to talk in the right places because there's right and wrong places to talk. Now, just quickly, uh, in 1 Kings, in the building of the temple, it talks about in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7, when the temple was being built, it was built, the stones were finished in the quarry, so no hammer or chisel or iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. Now, now growing up, you need to have tough conversations. Now, they're important, but... What you've got to have is make sure that the conversations you have at home, you just don't have everywhere. There's right places and wrong places to talk. Like right now, one thing that concerns me is the amount of Christians that, that, that are talking about other Christians and slamming other Christians and criticizing other Christians on social media. I go, that's an in-house talk. That's stuff that you talk about at home. That's not stuff that you put out in public. That's destroying the witness of the church. That's not the church flexing its faith. That's the church airing its laundry. And yet we need to talk, but but there's a right place and a wrong place to talk. And social media, if you've got uh, non-Christian friends, people who don't know Jesus, don't, don't talk about it there. Yeah, yeah, things need to, uh, things need to change, they need to be addressed. But do it in a place where, 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 where there's safety, where, 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 where somebody can actually influence the outcome. See, meekness is, is the ability to control the tongue. Some of us just shoot off our mouth. 
James, James says it this way. Uh, listen to this, James uh, chapter three, verse two. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. Maybe the greatest lesson from today could be this, is, man, I'm gonna watch what comes out of my mouth this week. Because if I can control this, I can control other things the things that are out of control in my life. If I can manage this, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, and, and we need to watch what comes out of our mouth. We need to watch you know, where we dialogue, where we, where we process things. It's important to process, but let's process things with people who actually can direct us towards God. That's the best place to process things. Now, now when it comes to power, which God wants to give you and I, which He's called you and I to live in. We're called to be the head and not the tail. We're called to be above and not beneath. As people with real power can move things without noise. Get this. In the temple, there was no noise. In the quarry, that's where things were being chiseled away. And people with real power can move things without noise. How often do we do something? And we want to let everybody know, hey, look at me, I'm doing this, I'm helping out here. You know, it's like we're washing the dishes and we're banging the pans and the pots to, 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 so everybody can notice that what we're doing, how we're serving. But people with real power don't need recognition because they're not doing it for the acknowledgement of other people. They're doing it because they want to serve God. And I believe if a whole lot of people live that way, what type of difference could we make on the world around us? See, it's the small things done in a consistent manner that actually change the world. Now, what the world right now needs is, is kindness. And I read this morning, is kindness is love with its work clothes on. It's all good talking about being kind, but we've got to get to work and we've got to demonstrate kindness because when we're demonstrating kindness, we're demonstrating what the kingdom of God has looked like, uh, what it looks like. When, when we exercise self-control with our tongue, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, we're showing what the, the kingdom of God looks like. How many of you know uh, somebody said something to you and, and, it, and it hurt at the time and you had a, a line to come back at them with, which would have just floored them? Self-control is, is you've got the power there, but, but you don't use that power. That, 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 that's, that's meekness. Is when you, and it's the meek that will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See, I believe this is a time where we need a whole lot of believers to flex their faith, to put their faith on display. Right now, where's your challenge? Come on, let's not just people who talk about the kingdom. Let's demonstrate the kingdom of God in every space we find ourselves in. Right now, what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes right where you are. And I want you to say, Holy Spirit, where can I grow in meekness? Because you're at your peak. You're at your optimum when you're meek. 
and meekness causes you to inherit the earth. Whether you need to say, God, help me right now. You know, maybe there's things in, in our heart where, where we're doing things in our own strength. We're trying to get justice in our own way. We are there things that we need to come to God and say, God, I can't do this, I need you. Some of us right now, we need to find rest in our souls. I, I challenge to say, the only place you can find rest for your soul is in, in, in a relationship, a, a living relationship with Jesus. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now, but we serve a God who has the answers. And He's looking for a people who connect in relationship. He won't force Himself upon people. He's got the power, but He chooses to give you and I a choice. Because more than anything, He wants us to relate. He wants a relationship with us. And He's made that possible. Maybe you're listening today and you don't know what it is to live in a right relationship with God. See, many people know about God, but they don't know Him personally. Here's the good news. You can know Jesus today in your heart. You can have a personal, living relationship with Him. If you just open your heart to Him, you acknowledge your mistakes. You acknowledge your sin. And if you do that, the Bible says He would forgive you of your sin. He'll give you a brand new start. And He would enter. He will come into your life so that you wouldn't have to live this life by yourself, but you could know His strength, His power, and you could outwork His purpose. See, I don't believe you're here by chance. I believe God's put you here. And He's done it so He can reveal His love and His plan for your life. So wherever you are right now, if you're just saying, Sam, I wanna open my heart to Jesus, I'm gonna pray a prayer and I invite you to pray this prayer after me. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. Today I ask for your forgiveness for all the things that I've done that have separated me from you. And I receive you into my life. And today I make a decision to live for you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. How cool is that?